they called this movie Rush Hour, but it was like an hour and a half. Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe the sequel comes into it a little bit. Yeah, Rush Hour 2. It's like two hours long. Maybe. Who knows where this would take us, this film. I've seen this before. Yes, me too. I haven't. Have you? So, no, I hadn't been in any rush to see it. So I randomly picked it out on Netflix. And I thought, you know what? It might make more sense for me to watch this, then watch Rush Hour 2. And then I think, does it lead into Shanghai Nights type of thing? No, there's a Rush Hour 3. There is Rush Hour 3. Yeah. I saw this How in the you... multiplex. Did you? Yeah, big time. Yeah. yeah. So nice. this is huge 98. Brett Ratner fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get on to that. How do you feel about Jackie Chan movies? Is it something you... Well, this is what I was going to say. I hadn't really seen Jackie Chan movies. I haven't actually seen Jackie Chan movies, but from straight from the off in watching this, there seemed to be almost a tribute to Kung Fu films. I felt like I was watching a slightly more modern version of Enter the Dragon, especially with the music and the way that it was shot as well. Oh, well, the music is, it starts with the soundtrack and it's Lalo Schifrin who did like Bullet and oh, loads of other iconic jazz soundtracks. And so the soundtrack is a good place. I mean, the he did Enter the Dragon, actually. Yeah, that's oh, right. Lalo yes. Schifrin did do the music to Enter the Dragon. Yeah, absolutely. So if we just to give a quick overview of this, Jackie Chan plays Detective Inspector Lee and he is... Paired with Chris Tucker, who plays, uh, I think it's like the equivalent of Inspector Carter, whatever is. Well, before all that, we get him solving, well, tra- tracking down the elusive crime lord Jun Tao. He's he's in the docks, isn't he? Yeah, he's in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. Down at the docks in Hong Kong. Sidey, this I feel is probably your area of specialty. Being <laughs> down at the yeah. Docks. yeah, but that's, that's for a later episode. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Uh, and he's hoping to arrest the anonymous crime lord Jun Tao, but he doesn't know who he is. He gets Sang there, who's Ken Lung. He's the guy with blonde mm. yes. hair. Now, he starred in, ed- in other Brett Ratner vehicles, including X-Men The Last Stand. He was the porcupine guy. Ah, uh, because I was trying to... I knew he was in Star Wars. He was in Star Wars. Yeah, but yeah. I was trying to think I've seen him before somewhere else. Yeah. He's got a pretty good look, and he escapes from the crime scene down at the docks in a boat. Did did you also... I mean, it's one of those films, obviously... What's this? 1998. Feature where he wasn't dubbed, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what I was querying. Was it his first film where he spoke English primarily? And that they did that because he didn't want to do that. He want he still would prefer it to be dubbed, but because of the nature of the fish out of water thing, guy, you know, the language barrier, they wanted that okay. effect. Yeah, well, it's, it is a key part of the plot. Yeah. Really, you're telling me Jackie Chan was dubbed in those movies? <laughs> I'm afraid so. Unbelievable lies so after he's escaped in a boat jun tao inspector lee has got loads of stuff like cultural treasures that he rounds up and he presents it to his departing superiors because this is set against the last day of british rule in hong kong in 1997 and his departing superiors are solon han and the british commander thomas griffin who is played by wilco tom wilkinson yeah he is yeah yeah if you don't know him, it's, he's sort of got one of those faces that looks like it's been gently pressed with a rolling pin yeah. out to the outside. He he, he was in uh, The Full Monty, wasn't he? He was Yeah, Mission yeah. Impossible uh, Ghost my Protocol. My favourite of his is the one with George Clooney, 
It's a Grand name. Grand Budapest Hotel? No. No, it's a name. Syriana. Michael Clayton. Yes. Oh. Yeah. He plays okay. the lawyer that's lost his marbles. Well, yeah. I mean, anybody that knows anything about films has identified him as the bad guy. Straight away. Straight away. <laughs> yeah. Without yeah. doubt. <laughs> Just off this, you think, oh, well, it's him. He yeah. did it. Yeah. He's jumped Straight out. away. This is not a subtle movie. No, it's no. not. No, uh, but I mean, it's not subtle to the point of looking ridiculous, really, because the offended party in this is the obviously completely righteous Chinese government and and the terrible democratic-loving Hong Kong people. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it hasn't aged well, let's, let's say. Well, uh, one, has, <clears throat> one thing that has aged well is the stunts, the sheer physicality. I thought you were going to say the daughter. The daughter, you <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the stunts are good. The stunts, a number of them are taken or repeats of fight scenes that he did in his earlier movies. There's a few scenes from like Rumble in the Rumble in the Bronx in there and Police Story, just like a few movements that are copied because he'd not done that stuff in a Western film. Yeah, so that was interesting how when you said earlier, was it like a homage or a thing? Because there were literal like copy control C, control Vs of his moves. (laughs) Well, and again to we went and watched shang chi mm. and the scaffolding fight yeah. in shang chi is strongly reminiscent of the scaffolding yeah. fight in this actually the, the um, one of the things in my extensive research for this film that i found out is that uh, jackie chan actually he wasn't as you said keen on his accent and everything mm. and his his language uh, his english language ability but also he was a little bit put out the fact that the fight scenes were so short because in his Hong Kong films, it was mm. like 10 minutes, you know, of yeah, pure yeah. action fighting and things. While they they had fighting and they had plenty of it in this film, it was always condensed down to sort of like two, three minute scenes, which for me were the best bits of the film. You know, there was some absolutely well, fantastic There's the stunt the at the end with the high walking. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in that building, he's actually walking through across that beam. Because he does all his own stunts, doesn't mm. he? I mean... It, I think it no, that was CGI. The shot from above is CGI. Or possibly that the way. bit where he goes down the it was a composite shot, not CGI, but uh, the bit where he slides down the the thingy is oh is the, the big oh yeah, is it? Oh, sorry, I end. thought I thought him walking across the beam was real, but the sliding down was no. Was I mean, he's got a wire on him and stuff. Okay. But. So his boss takes up a new position in Los Angeles doing diplomatic shit. Where yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's the new diplomat, Chinese diplomatic attaché for LA. Yeah, <laughs> which makes he? sense. Like, yeah. Complete sense. Yeah. <laughs> and his daughter goes to school. She sings Mariah Carey's Fantasy, which was a nice sort of placement in time. Yeah, that song. yeah, that, that's like, right. Oh, okay, in the, in the back this. of the car, quite like that the, song. with the bodyguards, mm. as he's just been pulled away and said, "Oh, look, we need you to. You can't drop her off to school today. We mm. need you." come away for some important phone call. So he entrusts the bodyguards and her singing in the back makes them want to pull over and get her kidnapped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, the porcupine guy shoots them in the face. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty brutal. You'd think she'd have some pretty full-on PTSD. Oh, it's scarred for life. Yeah. yeah. The Mariah Carey number. Do you know the sample in that? <laughs> no. It's Genius of Love by the Tom Tom Club. Yeah. I don't feel like I know anything more really after that apart from some words. <laughs> Meanwhile... Carter is introduced to us. That's what's his job? Chris, Chris, Chris Tucker. Tucker. I must say, Detective that, Carter. No. He's introduced to us um, buying C four with Chris Penn. 
Yes, yeah, which is which was weird, bizarre. bizarre. Yeah. I read about, obviously, Chris Tucker, and this will be a story most of us probably know. It, he was not the first choice to play Detective Carter. He was, he was the last black man yeah. on, the, on the audition. It, well, it, well, it, well, it appears to be, yeah. out of all of the actors that are supposed to have been in that, Eddie Murphy was the first choice. He turned it down. Will Smith turned it down. Martin Lawrence turned it down. And then Chris Tucker was approached to do it. Well, David Chappelle as well. And also Tupac Shakur. <laughs> not yeah, even an actor. <laughs> Not even an actor what? or a comedian. Or even alive. <laughs> was this about the same time Chris Tucker was in The Fifth Element? Because that's the only two films I can picture him in at the minute. I liked him in that. But yeah, but I was going to say, it was. It, I can't, has he done anything since? I'm going to be I really shocked. I think he did Rush Hour 2 and Rush Hour 3. He did, but no, his life took an interesting path, actually, because he went off and did a load of humanitarian work, actually, which is quite interesting. Right. Yeah. So she's been abducted. Kicking and screaming, this is what I liked about she her, She had a actually. good go. She showed, she showed character. She didn't just... Hmm. She, yeah, well, he'd already, Chan had already... Groomed her. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> groomed her and then taught her how to, he'd been like, gouged the eyes and all that yeah. stuff. Give it, yeah. Yeah, given her a few fighting skills and tips, hadn't he? But she used them. And I, I thought, oh, that showed a, a nice bit of character for the girl. We know that she's not going to be scared and she's got this. But eventually they overpower her. They put her in a car and, and fire off and start holding the family to ransom. Yeah. And the FBI are called in to prevent an international incident, yeah, which there would is, be. It's big this, stuff. This is this is huge. It's bigger than that. Yeah, it yeah. is. massive. And he... He needs his own man on the case. He needs his own man on yeah. the case, exactly. So hence the arrival of Jackie Chan. And they he, don't want him, do they? They they the FBI are pretty arrogant, don't believe they need any help yeah. to, to solve this case. So they get Chris Tucker somehow involved. They who think he's him getting a, promoted, yeah, yeah. but basically he's just being asked to keep Babysit. Chan away, Lee away from yeah. babysit yeah. him so he doesn't get involved in this case. And did you notice the captain or Chris Tucker's captain in this? Wasn't it one of the Sisters of Mercy from Shawshank? No, that was the other that guy. Was, that was, that the, was FBI the FBI guy. guy. No, it was the captain. We recently saw him in Boogie Nights as Fred Gondoli, the porn theatre magnate. His name is oh. Philip Baker Hall. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, it was his 90th birthday last week. Oh, was it? Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and this 90. is where the film becomes basically a slight rewrite of Beverly Hills Cop. Basically. Yeah, basically. And I, 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 to be fair... I actually watched it and went, yeah, it's all right to watch now. I know exactly what's going to happen. Mm. It's not going to, it's not exactly a film noir detective series. It's the classic bungling interference, thrown off the case, work undercover, get back oh. in, edge of the seat stuff for stunts Absolutely. and then redeem yourself yeah. and and end up two, two detectives who have of different sides of the track become friends at the end you know yeah. and, and it's formulaic it's clearly box office it's popcorn film well but one thing that's not formulaic about it is having an asian guy and a black man as the two leads it would normally be yeah, a buddy cop dynamic has always got one white guy for the audience to relate to which yeah. is you know awful to say but true so yeah. this was i think the first time at least the one of the first times i can remember where that dynamic didn't include a white guy so these hey, but on the other minorities hand, like China. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well yeah, he, exactly. Know, I mean, he, he was the big draw, wasn't yeah. he? Because he's yes. huge. I mean, Jackie Chan in, in anything but real life, in all his films, <laughs> he, he's quite a small guy otherwise. And and Chris Tucker, as you say, he, he was maybe like third, fourth choice. But I think during that time he had... Still quite a big a, name. Yeah, a big yeah. name and yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah but... I... 
they have all the tropes and characteristics of basically sidekicks and yes, stereotypes, yeah. really. I mean, yeah, it all resolves itself. Tom Wilkinson, like you say correctly, is the Shock bad horror, guy. Yeah. There's some really neat stuff where Chan's trying to protect the stuff in the museum while other guys are yeah, shooting it and breaking it and stuff. Everyone's still awake at this stage? I liked it. Did yeah, you fall asleep? I liked, yeah. No, I didn't fall asleep, but I was losing concentration partly because of what you said there. I just knew what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd seen it once before, probably in a year 2000 or in around that kind of time. I find the fights just a little bit too choreographed. choreographed yeah. Yeah, Get yeah. out of fucking town. No, it's true. The stuff where he's, <laughs> he's dancing around trying to stop a vase from falling over and he props it up and whack. You know, just I mean, that, that ingenious. Scene was very, it's all right to a point, but when it goes on and on, uh, I just find it a little bit too... Like, yeah, it's said in a long tradition of that kind of thing. Choreography is, is it's very clever. I, I, I did it. think they were the, the stronger parts of the film, to be honest, and that vase scene I thought was probably one of the... Hmm. the I mean, they, they even rip off uh, Indiana Jones to some yeah. certain extent where... Hmm. He saved the vase, he's, he's kicked ass, and then somebody shoots the vase. What do you make of Jackie singing? You know, there's a, there's an untapped talent there, I'm sure. There, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how he's going to give us an impression. Well, I would, <laughs> but I reckon that would hit the cutting room floor for exaggerating a, an accent that would be deemed quite possibly slightly racist, xenophobic, and... Funny. Funny. Potentially. Yeah, yeah. The uh, racism and the xenophobia isn't the worst thing associated se- with, with this the, movie. The sexism is pretty horrific as well. The sexism. The yeah, well, that will have come from director Brett Ratner. Okay. So he directed Red Dragon, which I really liked, and X-Men The Last Stand, which is probably a generous meh for me. <laughs> and the <laughs> awful hell. tower heist. He's been me too to oblivion by Olivia Munn and Natasha Henstridge, amongst others. Elliot Page. Okay. Anna Paquin. He's a predatory piece of shit who used his power and influence with very little in the way of artistic... Is he coming on the pod soon? (laughs) Interview next week, yeah. No, sounds a a, a son of a bitch and... I had a bit of trivia though about that. Sorry. Elizabeth... Oh, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let me get back to that. I can give you one piece of trivia then. Rush Hour was the inspiration behind the movie website Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I've read this today. It's amazing. Yeah, I didn't believe that. So the movie review site Rotten Tomatoes is one of the most reliable ways of figuring out, allegedly, unless you're listening to our podcast solely, to see if any movie is any good. And Rush Hour was the inspiration for its creation. US student, apologies to this gentleman if I get his name wrong, Sen Dong, was a big fan of Jackie Chan's Hong Kong movies and created the site to collect reviews of Mm. his work when it was announced that he was going to be starring in Rush Hour. Have you ever looked at Rotten Tomatoes website. Uh, do you know what? It's fucking awful. Yeah, I've never... It's so I, hard to you know, navigate. The only times you ever look at it when you see it is in the results of a Google search and you see the stars and you'll read three lines and go, that's all I need to see, mm. really. I don't actually go on the site itself. Is it just really poorly done, is it? It's really hard to figure out what's going on. But to do with Brett Ratner, Elizabeth Pena, I don't believe this, by the way. Played she a, was in the movie, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she was the detective. She yeah. played a prank on director Brett oh, Na- yeah. Ratner in which she appeared on set wearing nothing but her character's bomb squad vest. Right. According to Peña, she thought Ratner would laugh, but instead he was extremely nervous and embarrassed. Oh, I don't no. think that would be his mm. reaction. No, you never He'd know. Like, he might just be one of those... I'll meet you in my trailer. But Leave anyway. the vest. You, you never know. <laughs> he might have just thought, ooh, that's actually happening now. <laughs> I haven't had to rape I, her. I, was, I tweeted it. No, I didn't tweet. I put on my Instagram a little video of, of that vase scene. Oh, yeah. and, and somebody called uh, my private collection underscore 1998 
is a huge Jackie Chan fan. He's collected loads of his movies, music, merchandise since 1998 and said, please look at my page. So I did. And surely they do have loads of stuff. And it's you could, you could check that out. He's got hats, jackets, posters. Wait, are we rings. getting a kickback or anything off this? And, well, maybe. You never know. So when you say he's come, got hats, these are Jackie Chan's Memorabilia. But he's, he's got just tons of Jackie Chan memorabilia that he's collected since 1998 so jackie mm. chan we know is a huge star Getting and has that. some you know fans that will watch everything that he does and, and he owns a segway dealership as well and he owns a segway dealership mm. i mean is there nothing this man can't do act this, act oh, right okay <laughs> He was good. He, he yeah, was decent. He wasn't the reason why I didn't enjoy this movie massively. In fact, he was the reason that I kept watching. And Chris Tucker, I didn't mind him. He had, he had some lines, but it was just the, the formulaic, I know what's going to happen from the very first moments when you, you sat around that big board table and they're, they're hugging and saying, oh, you're going to go off now to LA. I knew who the bad guy was. Mm-hmm. I knew that they were going to not, you know, things weren't going to go their way, then things were going to go their way, and then things weren't going to go their way, and sure enough, they were going to come up smelling the roses oh, But the you're end. kind of describing every story that's ever been told, really. Mm, yeah, yeah, but they, they kind of just... You, just... you go to this movie for the action scenes and yes, the laughs, and yeah. I didn't even like the laughs particularly, but no. I did quite enjoy the action scenes. The action was better than the laughs. There was a few, but not... One yeah, thing that bothered me was the, you know, at the end of a Jackie Chan movie, you always the outtakes are nearly this always him good. like having it, well, getting his legs broken and stuff. Mm. And it's not that I really enjoy him like waving bravely from a stretcher as they wheel him into an ambulance, <laughs> but there's, you know, I do like seeing where it's gone wrong. But in this one, it was just them like fucking up their lines, really. And yeah, there was loving was, stuff. Was, there was a near fatal injury to Jackie Chan on this one. Oh, really? Yeah, the metal shipping containers. Oh, that was really cool, that sequence. He nearly got, he very, very nearly, the timing was out and he nearly got squashed. It looked tight. He's running up the yeah. middle of them as yeah. they're moving together. That's yeah. the best scenes, though. Mm. Uh, he's made it. Mm. And uh, <laughs> it was it was kind of real. Yeah. Should we talk I'm, money? Should we talk money? Yeah, it made. I know this would have made. Because there are two other sequels basically based on the fact that this was a huge surprise hit. Yeah, it's a money-making machine. But it, the budget was $33 million. Who wants to guess? Closest gets the prize. I reckon it's million. made, yeah, 10 times that. I'll go 303. 450. 300, I said. Oh, you win because it was 244. Okay. It's still huge. It's bigger than that. Yeah. Is that dollars or pounds? That's dollar pounds. Yeah. Okay, right. Dollar pound and euros. Yeah. So I enjoyed this a lot more when I was young. Yeah. Now that I'm old and cynical, it's just a bit like, meh, it's okay. If you're going to watch Jackie Chan movies, watch some of the earlier stuff that yeah. he did because it's really The good. Hong Kong stuff, or is it earlier than this? What would you recommend more than this Police one? Story, Rumble in the Bronx, Operation right. Condor. Yeah, some of that stuff. Drunken Master. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah I, I just needed to see it because it's been there. I haven't seen it. It's so old. It's his foray into Hollywood, so mm. I just needed a, a base level to work from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, and if you want to dabble into uh jackie chan really easy to watch hour and a half long if you go out take a shit come back you can still pick it up it, it's <laughs> that's no exactly problem. what it says on the movie that's poster. Pretty much have a shit yeah. come back <laughs> you can't go wrong with this one then <laughs>